Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. You ever have one of those days or maybe one of those months where every time you turn around, you get hit with some form of bad news, a complaining customer, a refund, a valuable employee suddenly turning in notice, or maybe some essential piece of equipment suddenly inoperational and requiring expensive, urgent repairs, that sort of thing. If your business is surviving, you clearly are able to deal with these types of issues, but what you may not be doing and what you must do is use these as indicators that you can use to improve your organization. Sometimes I think my members like to be the superhero in the red cape that comes to save the day. Because you're constantly doing that. But me, I hate it. And so should you if you're really trying to build something. Because you're never going to build a great organization that way. Maybe someone will erect a statue for you one day after you've kicked off the mud. But don't expect much more of a legacy. Don't expect your organization to last very long. No, there are exact indicators that point out three exact situations that exist in your organization when they are present, each which has an exact remedy, and if you know them, you can easily handle. You see, if you see smoke in your kitchen, you're going to investigate. It indicates something is wrong. Ignore the smoke, and you may end up losing your entire home. You see a puddle of water in the middle of the living room. I don't think you ignore it and just sit down and start watching the television. It's an indicator. An indicator is something that indicates something. It shows up something. It points out something. And you should not ignore these indicators in your business any more than you would in your home. So you see a puddle of water in the living room, you probably wouldn't just mop it up either. You'd, you'd want to know why that puddle is in the middle of the room, don't you? You would investigate. It's an indicator. Well, there are two things you should never ignore because they are indicators of other issues. One of them is bad news, particularly if you're being hit with it on a continual basis. The other is what Mr. Hubbard refers to as, quote, an overfilled in-basket, end quote, which, if you're not using Mr. Hubbard's communication system in your company, you might not understand that term very well, but it can be described as, wow, how come you're getting all the traffic? In other words, emails, written communications, problems, demands for decisions, alerts, et cetera, et cetera, just come flying up to you, and you're having a hard time getting through all that communication. So bad news and an overfilled in-basket are indicators, and when you get them, you should know that they come from three things, and they have three remedies. The article we're taking out from Mr. L. Ron Hubbard today is called, appropriately, Overfilled in Basket, Bad News. How about that for an explicit title? And the date is 5 January 1968, and he starts the article this way. So I'm quoting from Mr. Hubbard here, if an executive is trying to do his or her job and looking ahead and handling things 
and yet is being hit constantly with bad news and problems and has his in-basket loaded continually. A. Now he puts this next line in all capital letters, which obviously means it's important. Okay, so A. He is getting non-compliance and false reports. See, so you get bad news. You get an overfilled in-basket. No, right away. He is getting non-compliance and false reports. And B. His juniors are not getting his orders executed. The next thing you know. And C. His juniors, again, all these are in capital letters. C. His juniors are not putting in ethics, but leaving it all to him. What he sees is bad news and hard-to-handle items and an overfilled in-basket. He does not see A, B, and C above as they are out of view and often blurred by efforts by juniors to look and sound active in his sight while actually really loafing and goofing or outright betraying him. All right, this is um, interesting. You're getting bad news. You uh, are getting overloaded with communications. You know you've got A, B, and C going on. You've got noncompliance and false reports. His juniors are not getting his orders executed, and his juniors are not putting in ethics but leaving it all to him. So let's just take the uh, simple example. Let's take the inoperational equipment. You use this equipment every day. It's critical to your organization. and yet. It breaks down suddenly in the middle of production when you really, really need it. And now you've got to get strenuously to work getting it operational. It's going to to cost you from lost production. It's going to cost you because now you have to rush all the orders to get everything repaired. And um, you go, wow, you know, what happened? I don't know, boss. I mean, you know, we were doing the regular maintenance. We're doing the routine checks. Everything was, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's just decided not to work today. You go, wow, I guess they make pretty lousy equipment over in wherever they made this thing, right? No, no, you, you know right there you've got noncompliance and false reports. Probably noncompliance to the maintenance checklist that you ordered and directed to be done, right? Or some guy who's supposed to be doing the compliance checklist is chronically goofing off and others know about it, but they're not putting his ethics in. They're not saying, hey, wait a minute, bub, you're supposed to be doing this. Or juniors are just not getting his orders executed. Hey, let's get the, you know, the maintenance checklist done every month or every week or whatever it needs to be done. However it needs to be done, I'm sure you probably gave direction either written or verbal to make sure that this equipment is maintained. And people are going to tell you, yeah, we're maintaining it, boss. We don't know why it went wrong. That can happen. Or, or it would be a rare circumstance somebody steps up, you know, you know what, boss? I know why it broke down because, you know, I was supposed to be doing this compliance checklist, maintenance checklist rather, and I just haven't been doing it. and. uh you know, really, I'm I'm to blame for that. I'm responsible for that problem with the uh, equipment. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, if it if somebody's got the honesty, integrity to come up and tell you something like that on their own origination, wow, they probably should get a medal. Some people, pretty honest, will answer up honestly when you start asking. Like, wait a second, now, what, don't we have a maintenance checklist for this thing? Who's in charge of that? Isn't that supposed to be you, Joe? Yeah, boss. 
All right, well, let me see the checklist. When was the last time you did the checklist? Oh, hell, boss, I'm sorry. I haven't done it for like five months or something like that, right? That's an honest guy. But is he going to come up to you and say, boss, I'm really sorry the equipment broke down? Uh, I haven't been doing the checklist? Ah, that's pretty unlikely. So they will look and sound active in your site. But if you want to get to the bottom of bad news, or if you want to get to the bottom of your heavy, heavy traffic load, then you better start snooping around for non-compliance and false reports and juniors who are not getting your orders executed and that juniors are not putting in ethics but leaving it all to you. Like, that's not my problem that Joe is not keeping the checklist. Let's take the sudden departure of an employee, you know, some valuable employee. You think they're valuable. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But, you know, out of the blue, and I, I don't know how many times I hear this. If I had a nickel for every time I hear this, I'd, I'd be a wealthy man. But, uh, you know, the members will tell me, you know, just out of the blue, this really loyal and fantastic employee just gave me their notice. Just completely caught flat-footed. Well, come on now. You telling me there were no indicators earlier that somebody didn't watch the person? See, generally a person starts to leave like that. There's earlier indicators. Maybe they start coming in late. Maybe they're a little slacker. Maybe they start, you know, uh, making phone calls, uh, inquiring about work and other places. You telling me that no one in the organization is aware of this. None of their teammates or colleagues have any idea that, you know, over lunch break, Sally Ann is out there making phone calls about a new job. You're getting caught surprised. You're, you're being caught flat-footed on this one. Uh, I think what you're doing is you're, you've got a situation where your juniors are not putting in ethics, but leaving it all to you. You know, this is one of the reasons why, and I'm probably going to do uh, an episode on this uh, exclusively. I want to do a little more homework on it, but uh, you need to institute a report system where your employees are reporting things that need to be reported, like out ethics within the group. Now, you know, otherwise you're going to start trying to run a sort of a police state within your business where, you know, there's cameras everywhere and like, who likes that? Who's going to go for that? No, build a culture in your group where people are demanding of each other that they perform. Great teams are all built like that. Great uh, organizations are always built like that. There's a pride within the group and there is an awareness that the survival of the group is dependent upon the, the individual productivity of the group members within that group, if you can follow all that. So you want to instill that kind of a culture by instilling in your employees and in your team the idea that, hey, we are responsible for the ethic level of our group. You are responsible, just as I am. Don't wait for the boss to catch them, right? You catch them. Look at that guy not performing their duties, being slack or false reporting, you know, like let's just take a salesperson, for instance, who says he made, you know, I made 28 phone calls, boss. I don't know why, you know, no one's buying right now. I think it's the time of year. Have you ever noticed that there's really no great time of year to do business? It's not a great time of year. It's Christmas or it's not Christmas or it's Valentine's Day, but it's not Valentine's Day, whatever it is. So there's some bunch of malarkey and excuses going on. And the person's telling you, yeah, I'm working really, really hard at it. I'm making all these calls. And you're kind of going, that doesn't make any sense. He's making all these calls. He's not getting any responses and it just doesn't add up. 
we weren't having this problem, you know, six months ago or with another employee or whatever. Well, could very well be that it's just false reports. He's getting non-compliance and false reports. So, you know, you tell the guy, look, I want you to make sure you do at least, you know, 100 emails and 100 phone calls over the next, whatever, two or three days. And, uh, well, don't do that because maybe there's a disagreement on it or they don't feel they can or maybe they're just lazy or maybe they're untrained or whatever it is. But what they don't want you to have to now discover how slack they are, so there'll be a false report. Yeah, no, I made those calls. Okay, so you've got a false report. Now you've got a crashing bad news situation where now the sales are crashing and your delivery is going to start to, to falter. And uh, you can't quite understand it. It's just bad news. You're just surrounded by bad news. Right? So then you look into it and you find out that there was a false report there. But what's what I'm trying to tell you is it could very well be that others already knew he was false reporting. How many times have you had a person leave your employee? Right? And then after they're gone, you start having the other employees coming up to you and saying, oh, yeah, well, boss, you know, this person was doing this or this person was doing that. Well, well, thanks for telling me now that they're gone. How about, you know, letting me know when the situation arises? Now, you want to set up a system for that. And we call that the knowledge report system. And uh, as I say, I will probably do uh, another episode strictly on that. But the bottom line is, You need to instill within your group the awareness that the ethic level of that group is utterly dependent upon the group members being in agreement with it. And I don't want to even use the word enforcing it, but yeah, kind of, you know, forwarding it. How about that? You know, they're not expected all to be uh, cops, but they can forward it. They can say, hey, Joe, that's not so cool. Like you're supposed to be working right now. Like what's with the cigarette breaks or What's with calling, you know, your girlfriend when you're supposed to be making phone calls uh, for the office? It's very unlikely that no one else within the organization is aware of it if any of your employees are starting to go out ethics. So now those guys going out ethics are going to start false reporting. They're non-complying. And your direction, which should be sensible, probably is. You're no dummy. If you built the business yourself, you kind of know what to do. So you're issuing direction for people to do certain things and they are not getting done. But the apparency is that they're getting done, but they're not. You might say, look, when there's a complaining customer, there needs to be an alert written to the director over Division 5, which is a qualifications division, with a carbon copy to me, with a CC to me. I I want to be aware of it. And these are handled within 24 hours. Or there'll be a penalty of some sort. You get a statistical penalty or, you know, the person is no longer bonus eligible or whatever it might be. So you have some sort of setup where you are supposed to, there's supposed to be a system used to address uh, a complaining customer or, you know, what we might call a flat ball bearing of some sort. Something's not quite going right. First indicator, that gets reported correctly to Division 5 with a copy to you. You might have asked for that so that you're kept in the loop, you're aware of it right away. Okay, so here is a certain direction. Now, if it's not complied with, what's going to happen? You're going to get the situation after it's already blown up, after the person has been trying to get it handled, the customer has been trying to get it handled for like a month, and now all they want is a refund. They don't even talk to you. They're completely upset. 
because the earlier indicators you were not alerted to because that policy that you were establishing in your business is not being followed. It's being non-complied with. Your juniors are not getting your orders executed. And invariably, these will flash back to you as bad news and overload. Okay. So Mr. Harbour goes on to give you the solution. He says, and he puts this all in capital letters. If you are being hit back by lines you are trying to handle, then you have unseen noncompliance and false reports on your lines. That's the law. If you're being, if you feel like you're being hit back by lines you're trying to handle, you have unseen. If you see it, it's not so big a deal because you're seeing it. You can fix it. No one's trying to hide it out of your view, and you can deal with it that way. But if you're being hit back by lines, you go, where did this come from? And he says, you have unseen noncompliance and false reports on your lines. Then he gives you the solution. Therefore, to remedy this situation, when an executive is being knocked about by his lines, bad news, disasters, etc., he must apply this formula mercilessly. Okay, so this is probably not politically correct, what we are now going to cover. But because our society has become so permissive that writing a communication like this is bold, but it's nonetheless true, okay? It is as true as the day is long, okay? He says here, A, all capital letters, make the penalties for noncompliance and false reports too gruesome to be faced and enforce them. Hey, look at, uh, we just did an episode last week, I think it was, of uh, establishing regulations within your business and that failure to follow the regulations is grounds for dismissal. You need to set up what your regulations are. And you can say, look, you know, one false report, warning, two false reports, you know, you have to do uh, a condition uh, formula, which we've covered that in earlier episodes. Number three, hey, third strike, you're out. You're dismissed. Like, make those penalties too gruesome to be faced and enforce them. Look, don't set up these penalties and don't enforce them. Somebody, oh, yeah, let's give them another chance. Oh, yeah, let's give them another chance. No, you enforce those penalties. You'd be surprised how everybody sort of straightens up when they see that you're not kidding around and those, those penalties are being enforced. All right, B, next. Locate and discipline the juniors who do not execute or do not get one's orders executed. All right, so, all right, the equipment broke down. Who was supposed to be maintaining it? Where's the, where's the checklist? All right, let's get this person disciplined. You don't have to fire him right out of the gate, but let's get him disciplined. Let's get him trained. Let's locate the people who should have been handling that. You give your sales force direction, orders uh, to make a certain number of calls every day, a certain number of contacts have to be made every day, and uh, the person in charge of your sales team is not getting that order executed. People are not actually, they don't, it's not, they're not taking it uh, quote unquote seriously. They don't believe it's ever going to be enforced. It's all unreal anyway. And you find out you're starting to get bad news from your sales area and bad statistics. And of course, when salespeople aren't selling, they start coming up with unusual deals, don't they? They start making unusual uh, solutions to the sales because they're not doing the other things correctly. So next thing you know, you're going to have refunds. You're going to have things being sold that can't be delivered, etc. So you now have to 
locate and discipline the junior who's not executing and does not get one's orders executed. You find out that the sales director is not enforcing the, uh, the quotas that you set. All right, let's get that person disciplined because invariably it's going to hit you. You understand that? If you don't get that person, uh, if you don't locate that person, discipline that person, get them to actually get your orders executed, they, it's always going to flash back to you. The, the, as we say, the hats float upwards. Hats not being worn lower on the organizing board, go up the organizing board. Next thing you know, you're wearing all of them. That's how that works. And then he says, the last point, he says, and C, sack every junior who will not put in ethics in their own area on their own. Look, if a person is not correcting, they're not putting in ethics, they're not making sure that, that everybody, you know, tightens up and follows along with the regulations and policies of the organization and they're uh, dutifully working on their production to get their statistics in a, going in an upward direction, well, get rid of that person. They're just leaving it all to you. He says the only reason an otherwise competent and industrious executive gets hit by bad news and has an overloaded in-basket lies in A, B, and C above, and the only effective remedy is A, B, and C. So they're both, uh, he actually uses lowercase A, B, and C to describe the, you know, he's getting non-compliance, his juniors are not getting his orders executed, and his juniors are not putting ethics in. That's the lowercase A, B, and C. Uppercase A, B, and C is, of course, the remedies. So he says, the only reason an otherwise competent and industrious executive gets hit by bad news and has an overloaded in-basket lies in small, lowercase a, b, and c above, and the only effective remedy is uh, uppercase a, b, and c. It takes far more ethics and far steeper enforced penalties to make an organization work than have been being used than, than, than you're using. That's what Mr. Albert's saying here. It takes far more ethics and far steeper enforced penalties to make an organization work. If you don't learn and use the above, you will not be a big success and your life will be miserable and your post untenable. So Mr. Hubbard here, and later on in the reference in the policy, he starts describing why we're running into this. We're living in a very permissive society where a very low ethic level, I'm sure you're aware, um, people feel that they're entitled to get paid whether they work or not. That it's it's a current cultural decline. It's actually being caused. I don't want to switch this episode into my soapbox on this, but you know you are looking at a culture that is in a decline. It's a decadent culture because ethics are not being kept. And I mean, look at the crime rates that are going on. Look at the amount of white collar crime. I mean, I have noticed. A, a dramatic increase, even amongst my members, of criminality, embezzlement, this sort of thing. You're, you're looking at a very decadent society. That's the society we are working in. And, of course, working to make a better world, uh, starting with our own businesses, being run on a culture of industriousness and honesty and integrity and pride, competence. This is a culture you want to try and instill in your company Meanwhile, you're in the face of a society where these sorts of values are not being campaigned. They're not being promoted, particularly. You're almost a bit of a weirdo when you push on, the, on stuff like that. But that's the only way to build a real, competent, viable organization. If you don't believe it, take a look at organizations that aren't run that way. Take a look at the U.S. government, for instance. You know, it is any one of you, I guarantee you, I hate to paint with a brush like this, but 
you know, if I ever have to deal with a government agency, I have to basically gird my loins. I have to be prepared to be super patient because I'm going to get my patients tried, guaranteed. Incompetence, drop calls, uh, referral. Rather than wait on hold, we can call you back when it's your turn. In more than four hours, you will not lose your place in line if you choose to use this service. To receive a callback, press 1. That's the way it is. You and, and look at how expensive it is and how huge it is. Uh, this uh, U.S. government. What's it really doing for for its citizens? Questionable. Questionable. How how much could good could be done with uh, that number of people and that kind of uh, influence? It's um it's unbelievable the loss of potential progress we could be making if we promote these values. But you can't promote them just on your lonesome, you need to instill it within your group so that your group looks around with pride. And if somebody's not pulling their freight, well, they get a talking to you, not from you, from them. And if it continues, though, they should write a report. Again, I will cover that in a future podcast. And then he says something very interesting here. He says, um, of course, your lawyers and accountants quote no best and have out ethics and therefore give you the most trouble as they're outside your control perimeter as quote experts. And so you have more legal and accounts problems than others. This reference applies to them too. Don't think this just applies to your employees. You know, you have an, you hire a professional, a marketing company, for instance, that's going to do your marketing. All of a sudden you're getting bad news on your marketing. You're getting false reports. You're getting non-compliance. You need to investigate that because they're not coming through. That's why you're getting that bad news. And that's why you're getting that traffic. Same thing with an accountant, same thing with a lawyer. Anything you're, anytime you're hiring someone outside of your employee, doesn't mean that these Fundamentals don't apply to them, too. He wraps up the reference by saying this. You can function as an executive if you do your job and do capital A, B, and C above. Otherwise, Lord help you, your juniors will get you shot by small letter A, small B, and C. A good fellow is a dead fellow when he's dead. So being a good fellow is not the solution to getting a job done. The solution for an executive is A, B, and C. Elron Hubbard. All right. Hope that was helpful. Um, don't know if this went on a little bit long. It might have. Hopefully uh, you stuck with it to the end. It's very important if you want to have a stress-free life and a growing organization that is proud of its production and uh, proud of its group members and is a joy to work in, you need to apply these three things and use uh, the bad news and the overfilled in-basket as indicators that you can track down the true cause and handle appropriately, okay? If you like this episode, give me a like. We appreciate your comments. Write us at info at Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.